Uh, well, you may have heard that yesterday there was a wedding. Um, it wasn't a big deal or anything, was it? Um, <laughs> it was, of course, the royal wedding uh, of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Uh, and a great occasion it was. I watched three minutes of highlights last night. That was, that was about as far as I got with it. Um, <laughs> uh, but I hear many good reports. Um, for Megan, uh, the, her, think about Megan. For her, her whole status has changed since she's been married to Prince Harry. See, 48 hours ago, she was still an American. Uh, she was still an actress, a member of the Markle family. But now she's become a wife. Now she's entered into the British royal family and she's the Duchess of Sussex, which is really exciting for us. Uh, and her husband is sixth in line to the throne. And she's related to the Queen of all people. That's great. And so she's now living with Prince Harry as his wife, and she'll no doubt become a British citizen as well. But it would be weird if she decided today that she was going to give all that up. Yes, her status has changed now as a married member of the royal family, but it would be weird if she decided, I'm going to go back to America, and I'm going to live as if all that never happened. What a waste of time that would have been yesterday. And that would be so weird, wouldn't it? for both her and for Harry, who I'm sure would be very sad. Well, for us as Christians here this evening, we have had the most incredible change happen in our lives. I don't know if you've ever dreamt of marrying a royal prince or princess. Well, this is even better than that. Chapter 5 and verse 8 says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Once we lived lives that were in darkness, that means we did evil things. And Paul lists various ways from chapter 4 verse 17 that we may live in darkness. He includes their lies, rage, sexual immorality, coarse joking. They are all behaviors that God hates. But for Christians, that the status of being in darkness has now changed. We're light because of Jesus Christ who shone our heart, shone into our hearts. That's what it says in verse 14. Wake up sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. It was like we were dead. Spiritually speaking, being in darkness, we are dead to God. Living in ways that are not right in his eyes. But now the incredible thing is that Jesus has shone his light. All that is pure, all that is perfect, all that is holy, all that is right. Shone into our hearts and has transformed us. And so for us too, it would be really weird if we carried on our lives as if our status hasn't changed from being in darkness to being in light. We should live like we're changed 
people. And go back to Megan again. Uh, Harry, who she's married, is a person. Uh, She's now joined together with him in marriage, and I'm sure he's going to help her live out that new status. I'm sure he's not going to let her go out to America and live life on her own, if that would ever happen. But for Christians, we too have a person living inside us from, from the moment we begin believing in Jesus Christ. And it is the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. God himself. You see, God is three persons in one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The same but with different roles to play. And the cool thing is that God, the Spirit, dwells in our hearts. He makes our home with us. So this evening we're going to think about what that means. Uh, And we're going to look mainly at chapter 5 and verse 18, which reads this. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, before we get to the Spirit, Paul writes something first in that verse. He says, do not get drunk with wine. Uh, And my first point is, do not be filled with wine. Why on earth has Paul thought it necessary to write that to these Ephesians? Well, he's continuing on from what he's been writing about in the previous verses. Christian people are are those who were in darkness, but now are in the light. Now, if you go into the center of Brighton on perhaps a Friday, Saturday night, you're likely to find images like that, probably far, some far worse than that. Uh, People turning to alcohol, perhaps at the end of a, a long, busy week at work. Perhaps people are facing hard situations and just want to get their mind off stuff and go for some drinks with friends. Uh, And they might turn to alcohol perhaps to give them a buzz, a a high, or to boost their confidence perhaps. And for some it can lead to drinking to, to get drunk. And being drunk, whether it's on wine or some other alcoholic drink, Paul isn't saying that, yes, not good to get drunk on wine, but it's okay to get drunk on beer. Um, And also, he's not saying don't drink alcohol at all. It's not sinful to have a glass of wine. But he's saying don't let yourself get drunk. For he says it leads to debauchery. Debauchery isn't a word I use in everyday language. I don't think I've heard it outside of the Bible. Uh, But it means wild living. And so when a person is drunk, they they lose self-control, don't they? They may well get angry. They may well indulge in inappropriate sexual behavior. They may use bad language. They may join in with coarse joking. And these are all things of darkness that Paul lists in chapter 4 and 5. See, alcohol changes people. It causes them to lose control of self and do things 
perhaps not in line with their character. I, I personally have briefly been ex- experienced the temptation of alcohol. Uh, quite a few years ago, th- there was this girl that I worked with, and I really liked her. Uh, and I should have left her at that. She wasn't a Christian, uh, but I still really liked her. and wanted to ask her out, but I was a shy person who hasn't got any confidence when it comes to that kind of thing. But a friend's birthday party, she was there. Uh, and I decided to turn to drink, thinking that might be the answer to help me to ask her out, to boost my confidence, to change me, to get a bit of courage. Uh, and I did, indeed, make that mistake. And I did, indeed, ask her out, and she said no, which is a good thing. Um, and the rest, <laughs> the rest of the evening... I was a mess and far away from living as a child of light. The point is that alcohol changed me, gave me the confidence to do something I didn't feel I could do before. And I think that's perhaps why Paul is saying, do not drink wine, do not get drunk on wine. Turning to something to help us live out the life that God now wants us to live as children of light. And I don't know if that's a temptation for you, but perhaps you might turn to other things to help you in different situations. And when it comes to living as God wants us to do, that's a hard thing. Paul is very clear in verse 11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Instead, live as children of light. Uh, And he lists the the fruit that we should, uh, being in the light there. That's in verse 9, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And we're not going to do that being filled with alcohol, are we? So, instead of that, Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. So how on earth do we live as children of the light? See, I know my heart. I I know how prone I am to saying Lies. I know how prone I am to join in with inappropriate jokes that I don't understand. I know how I've hurt people in the past. I know how I haven't been a good light, even times when I look like I'm not living as a child of light at all. And you may know this evening how over the last week you've failed to live as a child of light. Maybe you've been angry towards someone who's hurt you. And that's caused even more pain. Maybe you know you've had that lingering, lustful look at a member of the opposite sex. Or maybe you know that you've lied and it's caused all sorts of problems. Well, we know the darkness that there is, that is there lurking in our hearts. But we're not on our own, which is wonderful news. 
You see, we have the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God dwelling within us. And it says that he is grieved when we do not live as children of light. That's chapter 4, verse 30. When we go back to our old self and live in the ways of darkness. Like a parent that is grieved by a child's bad behavior and wants them to be living rightly as their child. So the Holy Spirit within us is grieved when we're not living as light but turning to the fruitless deeds of darkness. He is grieved but he doesn't leave us. He's still there. And so Paul writes, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. We have the Spirit in us already, as I've said. Each Christian here this evening has the Holy Spirit living within us. But Paul says that we need to keep on being filled. With the Spirit. This verse could be read, be continually being filled with the Spirit. You see, it's not that we lose Him or that we just have a bit of Him and we need more of Him. Because He's a person. We have the whole of Him. I like spending time with friends, but I don't just spend a time with a bit of them. I even have to spend time with bits of them that I don't like. I have to spend time with the whole of them. And for Christians, we have the whole person of the Spirit living within us. But as we grow as Christians, we are being filled with more of him working within us. It's a bit like a balloon. Now, this might go horribly wrong. Um, (laughs) You see, hang on. That balloon is filled with air. It can be filled with more air, right there, and it's still filled with air. But it's got room for more, room for growth. (laughs) And it's the same in us. The Holy Spirit is within us, working within us, but there's room for more of his work in us. More of him drawing us away from those fruitless deeds of darkness and instead living the fruitful lives that Paul wants us to live, uh, God wants us to live. Fruitful in goodness, in righteousness, in truth. So how do we make sure that we're continually being filled with the Spirit? Well, instead of turning to alcohol or something else, We turn to God. Uh, And I think we very simply do that by praying to God, asking us to fill us with his spirit. Uh, And I reckon this needs to be a daily prayer. Uh, I reckon this week it would be great if we here prayed every day for ourselves that God will be working in us by his Holy Spirit. Uh, And the results, they aren't wild living. The results are seen in how we relate to one another and how we relate to God. And there are four of them. They're listed on the back of your uh, service orders. They'll also be up on here. And the first one is singing to one another. 
um, I think the verse, yeah, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. You see, we have one another as Christians. We're all as Christians filled with the Spirit. We're not on our own in this, in that we have the Holy Spirit and we have each other. And as we meet together, one thing we love to do, and particularly this evening, we've got seven songs in our service of order, order of service. One thing we love to do is sing. Now, I occasionally go to watch Portsmouth Football Club about once, once a season. I, I go along there because I support them. Um, and I'm there with lots of other fans singing along the team that I love. And it's great to do that as they're winning, but also to try and motivate them to do better. Now, sometimes we may have had a hard week. We may be really struggling with sin. How can we even think about coming to church? And we've got to come along and we've got to sing these great truths of God, but we're, our hearts really aren't in the right place. But, but as we sing, it, it can help us. It can help motivate one another. So if someone's really doing well with God one week and really singing out with great joy, hopefully it encourages you. But also it lifts our spirits to move away from focusing on ourselves and our own struggles and instead to focus on God's, more of our great God's. And so all of us should be taking singing seriously, I reckon. It really does help to encourage one another, to motivate ourselves. And not just singing, this says speaking in this verse, speaking to one another with psalms, which are in the Bible, with hymns, with songs from the Spirit. And so we, in our conversations after church, be great to encourage one another, wouldn't it, with uh, perhaps uh, some words from a song, perhaps some words from the Bible. Encourage each other with thoughts of God. Help each other to be motivated to live for God. And that encouragement in our speech and song should help us as we live as children of light, as we live spirit-filled lives. The second thing is singing to God. Singing to God. We direct our singing to God. You see, people will usually sing about what or who they love. Take Ed Sheeran as an example. In one of his songs called Perfect, he talks about how he's found love, how he's found a girl who's beautiful and sweet and just perfect for him. He's so up for singing about who he loves. And as Christians, as the Holy Spirit works in us, we should be excited to sing about the God that is working in us uh, and reminding us of what he's done for us already. Reminding us that, that God loves us, that, that God's chosen us and adopted us as his children, that Jesus has shed his blood for us. And that surely transforms our singing as we're filled with the Spirit. It's not just some boring, routine thing that we have to do when we turn up to church. No, as we're living our lives filled with the Spirit, we'll be coming to sing from the heart to the Lord. And that's going to help us as well to live as children of light. Uh, 
As we focus not on the stuff around us, not on other people, maybe people have let us down. Not turning to temporary thrills of um, stuff that people do in darkness. But as we focus on God who's light, who has called us to live as children of light. And as we're filled with the Spirit, so as we're filled with the Spirit, we sing to one another, we sing to God, and we have, we're filled with thankfulness. See, verse 20 says, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, God is our Father, and the Spirit can remind us of that that precious thought that God chose us to adopt us as his children into his family. That's marvelous. And that should fill us with thankfulness, shouldn't it? And as we give thanks to him, this verse says that we do it in the name of Jesus Christ. Do it in the name of Jesus, God's precious son, who he's given up for us. And as we remember that, surely we will have hearts filled with thankfulness. You see, the opposite of thankfulness is grumbling. If you look over the Old Testament at God's people, Israel, the amount of times they they grumbled against God. And this often led them to be hard-hearted and disobedient towards him. And I know how prone I am to grumbling. Often people on Sundays ask me, how are you doing? I say, I'm tired or I'm busy or I've got too much work to do. That's grumbling. That's not good. Think of what God has done for you. Have hearts filled with thankfulness to him. And when we sin, when we're going back to those ways of darkness, it is the complete opposite of thankfulness. We're not showing that we're living lives that are thankful to God. Instead, we're living for self. And fourthly, the fourth effect of the Spirit working in us is submission. Submit to one another, verse 21. The screen's wrong. Uh, Verse 21 says, submit to one another. Out of reverence for Christ. So as we fi- we're filled with the Spirit, our relationships with others should be changed. Should be changed. Should be different. For those in authority over us and for those in authority under us. And you can read the rest of the passage in your own time up to chapter 6 and verse 9 which talk about a submission in um, in marriage as husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church and as wives submit gladly to their, their husband as children honouring parents uh, the way fathers treat their children uh, and in the workplace back in Paul's day it was slaves and masters and as we think about submission to one another, we can look to Jesus, can't we, as a supreme example of submission. He gladly submitted to his Father's will in dying in our place on a cross. 
And he came not to serve others, but he came to serve us. And so we gladly should live lives in submission to, to authorities, serve one another well in relationships out of love for one another, because Christ has loved us. John Stott says, or said, those who are truly subject to Jesus Christ do not find it difficult to submit to each other as well. See, we've been transformed by God through Jesus. He's taken our darkness at the cross, taken the punishment that that deserves, and shone his light into our heart. And it's an incredible transformation. And so now we should be living as children of light. Living out that new status that we have as people of light. And wonderfully, God doesn't leave us on our own. He sends his spirit to live in our hearts. And so we must ask daily, For him to fill us, to to grow us. Ask him to consume that darkness from our hearts and help us live more and more lives that are living in the light. And each as Christians, we can encourage one another, can't we? As we live out that spirit-filled life. As we sing and speak to one another, as we serve one another in our relationships. And perhaps you're here this evening and you know you're not yet a Christian. You see something in us, maybe, that is different. As we sing together these songs with great joy, as there seems to be a genuine love and concern for people. People do seem to be genuinely thankful as they live their lives, these Christians. And there's a difference in their relationships. Well, there is a difference. And it's not from ourselves. It's from the Holy Spirit who is at work in us, changing us. We're not by any means perfect, but the God who's working in us is perfect. And he at work in us is transforming us, consuming that darkness and shining his light in our hearts. And you know what? You can know the Holy Spirit working in your life as well. If you come to God the Father, who is so willing to take you in as one of his, as one of his own. If you confess that evil, dark behavior, And trust in Jesus who's died, taking that on so that you can be forgiven. And then the Holy Spirit will come and dwell within you and help you live out a life living as a child of God rather than of darkness. I'm going to pray before I do. I'd like to invite the band to come up as they will lead us in a song after I've prayed. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the person of the Holy Spirit 
Thank you that, that when we trust in Christ as our Savior, He comes to dwell within us and He helps us to live out that new life that we should be living in you. Father, we pray that you would fill us here at BH with your Spirit, that you will be working in each one of us, changing and transforming us as we live our lives for you, we pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.